Hey everyone, and welcome to Questions. I'm happy to be sitting with Pastor Joel today, and we have a question from Natasha. She asks, I recognize that gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit that every Christian should possess. However, how do I reconcile gentleness with Jesus who fashioned a whip to drive the money changers out of the temple? Yeah, so Natasha, I would say that's a great question, especially uh, what I like about the question is that uh, it it displays that you're at least attempting to reconcile those two things because those two things must be reconciled. And I think what a lot of Christians would like to do is just not even try to reconcile them. So I think what what some of us are tempted to do is say, hey, Christians should have gentleness and, uh, and it's God's design that we would have gentleness in certain moments, but not all the time. And this is just one of those moments where Jesus was not being gentle. So I, I think the way that we think about the fruit of the Spirit um, is often misconstrued. We act as though we just we forget that the fruit of the Spirit is a package deal. You don't get one or two or three of the fruit of the Spirit. You, you get them all. If you have the Spirit, and if you're a Christian, you do have the Spirit, then you have the fruit of the Spirit. And it's collective. It's all of the fruit of the Spirit. And you don't just have all the fruit of the Spirit sitting on a shelf somewhere where you can take each one down individually and and use them at, at certain times and then place them back up. It's not just, hey, well, you know, in this particular situation, does this call for kindness or goodness or faithfulness? That's not how the fruit of the Spirit works. The point of Paul's writing, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, is, is simply to say that the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ will have the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if they have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, this is what the fruit of the Holy Spirit looks like. All of it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of these will be manifest to varying degrees based off of our spiritual maturity, based off of our sanctification, that there will be more and lesser degrees, but all of the fruit of the Spirit will be present at all times. And so, again, I appreciate the question because what it conveys is a desire to do something that is good and biblical and right, which is to reconcile every moment of Christ's earthly ministry with all of the fruit of the Spirit. And that's right. Christ, Jesus, possessed and was manifesting all of the fruit of the Spirit simultaneously at all times. Meaning there was never a single moment where we could look at Jesus and say, he wasn't being very gentle. There's never a single moment that we could look at Jesus in the scriptures and the gospel accounts at his life and his ministry and say, in that moment, Jesus wasn't loving. It's a, to point to any moment in the life and ministry of Christ and to say that in that moment, one of the fruit of the Spirit was missing is is to assert that Jesus is not fully righteous. It is, to, it is to accuse Christ of somehow failing 
at some moment in, in upholding all of the fruit of the Spirit at all times. So when Jesus is clearing the temple of the money changers in the Gospel of John chapter 2, he is exemplifying all of the fruit of the Spirit, including the fruit of the Spirit that is gentleness. How? Well, I think one of the questions that we need to ask, there's a lot that we could say about this, but I'll just answer the question in one sense. One of the questions we have to ask when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit is who is the audience? Who is our target, if you will? Meaning, who is Jesus being gentle toward? Uh, it seems as though he is not being gentle toward the money changers who he is driving out. Now, I will say that's problematic. I think he is being gentle toward them. Because what they need most is not a momentary affirmation of their sin. What they need most is for someone to love them enough to ultimately confront them in their sin so that they don't spend eternity under the just wrath of God. So Jesus is being gentle even toward them, but he is especially in the target of his gentleness, being gentle towards those Jewish and especially Gentile people outside of the temple who have traveled a very great distance to make sacrifices to the one true God, Yahweh, and are unable to do so because the money changers had set up booths where they were, they were changing all these different currencies into the, the temple currency at, at an exploiting rate, at a sinister rate. They were taking, for instance, it would be as though they were taking one American dollar and then returning to that person the temple currency equivalent of 25 cents. Meaning that people who had traveled all over the known world to worship Yahweh were being cheated they were being stolen from. That's why Jesus says, my father's house should be a, a house of prayer for all nations. And I, I think it's particular. It's uh, intentional on the part of Christ that he says, a house of prayer for all nations. Well, those nations are sitting currently, as he's speaking, right outside of the temple. The nations are there. The Gentiles are present. These other nations, he is reminding the Jewish people who are currently exploiting the Gentiles. He's saying, my father's house is a house of prayer for all nations. And those very nations that you have been charged by God to be praying for are now standing right outside these very walls. And they have come from all over the known world to worship Yahweh as an answer to the prayers that have been offered in this very house for them. And you are now barring them from worshiping God as an answer to these prayers by your exploitation, by your theft, by your injustice and oppression. And he is angry, righteously so. See, Jesus is being gentle toward those who are being oppressed. We so quickly forget that 
in the American evangelical church today. The moment that a Christian or perhaps a pastor might display the courage required to confront someone who ultimately is hurting someone else, we immediately, in full force, bring out the tone police. We immediately accuse him of breaking the 11th commandment. Thou shalt be nice. Thou shalt be a sweetheart. And we say, well, the content of what they said may be permissible, but the way they said it wasn't very gentle. I feel like their tone was harsh. Well, I think fashioning a whip I just imagine, what would these people say about Jesus if they were there? Well, the content, his theology was right. That yes, God's house should be a house of prayer for all nations. And maybe it wasn't the best practice to have people in the temple who were stealing from these nations, these Gentile people, by, by exploiting them with high exchange rates where their dollar would, would, would ultimately equate to a quarter of that amount in the temple currency. And so, yeah, that wasn't right. And so maybe his his content, his intention was appropriate, but I didn't like his method. I mean, did he really have to throw over their, their tables? Did he really have to fashion a whip? Well, let's just remember that the person in this particular example that we're speaking of is the son of God. We're talking about Jesus. I think that I would, I would offer this caution to anyone who might be listening. As we seek to define the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which I believe is helpful, and as we seek to define the particular fruit of the Spirit, that is gentleness, may we not so narrowly define gentleness to the point where it now excludes the Son of God. Be very careful that as we seek to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit, which is gentleness, which we should, that, that in our quest to be gentle, that we don't define gentleness in such a narrow way that Jesus would not ultimately fit into our definition of gentleness. Mm -hmm. There was never a moment when Jesus was not gentle. We need to ask, what is true gentleness? But we also need to ask, who are we being gentle toward? Jesus was being gentle toward even the money changers by providing for them what they needed most, which was truth. But he was certainly being gentle towards the Gentiles right outside the walls of the temple who were being oppressed by those money changers. So likewise, when a pastor is confronting, even in the pulpit, publicly, false teachers and false teaching, false doctrine, we need to ask the question, not just what is gentle, but who is he being gentle toward? Now, certainly the Bible talks about exercising gentleness toward the person that we're confronting. Uh, the, the reason being because God might grant that person repentance. They might come to saving knowledge of the truth. And so we want to be gentle towards the person we're correcting, but, but we cannot forget 
uh, that there is a larger target audience than just the person we're confronting. At the end of the day, the person that we're being most gentle toward is all the people of God who ultimately have the potential of now being deceived because of that false teacher. They have the potential of being damaged and harmed and led astray by that false teaching. And so when it comes to gentleness, when it comes to Jesus expelling the money changers from the temple, he is being gentle toward them, even through the method of fashioning a whip, because they needed to be brought to their senses. They needed, according to Christ, he can do no wrong. It's Jesus. He is always sinless, always right. And so according to Christ, those money changers needed a wake-up call. They needed a drastic measure, a drastic method of receiving the content of the truth. The truth that God's house is a house of prayer for all nations, not just Israel, but all nations. And it is wrong for the people of Israel to use his house as a den of thieves to exploit the nations. That's the truth they needed, and according to Christ, they needed to receive that truth through a drastic method, namely the method of turning over tables and fashioning a whip. So too, when we confront, when a Christian or a pastor confronts people who are hurting others, oppressing others, deceiving others, misleading others, we must be gentle with the the precise person we are confronting, but we are especially being gentle towards the other audience that we are protecting, that we're defending. And when it comes to being gentle towards the person we're confronting, even with them, that doesn't mean, gentleness does not always mean that that we're not in some measure zealous. That's what the disciples said when they saw Jesus do this. Afterwards, they said, zeal for his father's house consumes him. Let it be said of us that people would see the way that we confront those who seek to harm God's people. Uh, Let them see the way that we confront them and say, zeal for God's name, God's house, God's people, God's truth consumes that man. Now, some will call zeal harsh, But just because someone says something is harsh doesn't mean it is. It could be, but it could also be zeal. And it takes great wisdom and discernment to be able to distinguish between the two. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. And thank you, Natasha, for sending us in that question. If you are watching us on social media or our website, please send us in your questions. We would love to answer those on future episodes of questions. We'll see you next time. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com slash offer. And thank you for your generous support.